Welcome to Waiver Wired. It is the first week of the fantasy football playoffs, and I'm guessing you probably made it there if you're listening to this pod. But even if you didn't, there's going to be plenty of information available here. We've got some. We've got a guest later that's going to help you with all your fantasy teams moving forward with some great ideas for a position that's really, really difficult to draft. So I got the best in the biz for the tight end position coming in to help us out today, as well as with some playoff strategies. It's going to be a lot of fun. And remember, as the season moves along, we will continue to talk player props and game bets. Waiver Wired is not going away. We're going to help you win in any way you can. But as always, let me welcome my producer and my sidekick, Eddie Spaghetti. Eddie, what is going on? Did you make it to the playoffs? I did make it to the playoffs. Uh, the league I care about the most is a four seed. Uh, unfortunately, well, you know, all this crazy news, Jen, with all the players mm-hmm. with COVID and um, the matchup I would have had this week if the, the number one team didn't have a bye. I would have had a pretty easy matchup here, but they, uh, like I said, they have a bye. So I would have had a nice first round matchup. The underdog would have won that one, but you know, fingers crossed. I'm just hoping all these players are obviously safe. And from what I've read, they are healthy. Uh, hopefully they could, you know, test negatively negatively in time to play either Saturday or Sunday, but it's a, a strange start to the fantasy playoffs. It's a very strange start, and it's something that uh, we will definitely address throughout the episode. I I tweeted out yesterday, you know, when you go to the waiver wire this week and you're putting in your fab bids, be sure that you're purchasing an insurance policy rather than a lotto ticket because – that's that's what we need right now. And we're going to talk about a lot of people that could be available. Let's let's start off with some of that news, because really a lot of what we're going to talk about today is all contingent upon this news. And of course, the biggest news of the day is that there are one million four hundred and twenty one players on the COVID list. <laughs> but seriously, basically, the entire Browns team is on the COVID list. Uh, Baker Mayfield was added this morning and uh, Stavansky is also on the list as well. So basically the whole team, there is no tight end left healthy right now in uh, Cleveland. So it's a bit of a depressing situation. If you're a Browns fan, Um, you know what to do here, by the way, guys is go check right now after Ernest Johnson is on the waiver wire, because that's somebody that, that could end up getting some work here this weekend. If you need someone in a backup situation, but at this point, I wonder if they're even going to play the game, right, Eddie? I don't want to think of that, but I mean, yeah, you might be right. Like they don't, what, I don't know what the minimum is for them to have enough on the roster. Uh, I know like last year we had the, they had like the, the, the plans in place of enough players tested positive. They'd have the replacements, but this kind of like caught teams off guard like this week and just seems really tough. So, I mean, like I said, fingers crossed they could play. If not, we'd be dealing with a lot of backups. Giants added a lot to their COVID list today, including backup QB Kyle Allen. And as you know, um, Daniel Jones is out for another week. It will be Mike Glennon getting the start again. So unfortunately the giants are just not in a really good place right now. Uh, I don't like to rub salt into a wound, Eddie. I know you went to the game on Sunday. I did. Yeah, I yeah. did. That was, uh, I, the, the positives, obviously the stadium. Awesome. So far is great. Uh, I've been saying anyone that has the means and lives near the stadium, please head to Englewood. It, it's, it's an unbelievable venue. I'm jealous that they built something so great. Those two teams together and the giants and jets got like a gray, uh, air conditioning box in uh, the, the swamps of uh, North Jersey there. But, um, it was awesome. Uh, the, the charged uniforms are awesome. I, that throw that Herbert made came right to ah. me, uh, right before halftime. Unbelievable throw. Oh, 
seeing that in person. Uh, and yeah, I did not expect to win. In fact, I'm actually happy because we keep the, the draft, uh, draft pick looking pretty good there. And Mike Len- you know, Daniel Jones, the next thing from him reading could be a long-term thing. It may be pretty scary for him. Uh, his future, you know, is uncertain. Mike Glennon, not great, but it seemed like Jake Fromm, everyone wanted Jake Fromm. And, but from what I've read and, and seen from, you know, the beat guys, it seems like that Jake Fromm is just not even close to being ready to be an NFL quarterback. So uh, it's going to be a really bad end of the season for the Giants. And now you just mentioned all the COVID cases. So it's just going to get worse and worse. I also just realized I said Kyle Allen when I meant um, Washington earlier. Um being added to the thing. Sorry. I, I agree. I grouped all those, uh, you know, subpar NFC East teams together, but yes, lots of giants added to the COVID list and Washington football team's backup quarter, Kyle Allen added. Um, I think I looped them in the same sentence. Um, but yeah, tough situation, tough situation for, for the giants, but you're right. The draft picks may be more important. You know, it's interesting though, that you said that SoFi stadium is pretty awesome because there's an opportunity for all of you guys out there to head to SoFi stadium this weekend, uh, on Saturday for the Jimmy Kimmel bowl. Um, we, we're going to be there. You and I, so I if you want to Eddie Spaghetti and Jen Piacenti. I'm sure that's very enticing. Um, you can uh, come find us at the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl presented by Stiefel. Tickets are on sale now. It is Utah State versus San Diego State. It's Saturday, December 18th at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. So join us if you get the chance. Uh, it's going to be a really fun day. I'm really, really looking forward to hanging out with all the Extra Points crew. All right. I'm going to bring up something pretty. You know what? No, I'm going to save that for when. Andrew Cooper gets here in just a minute. You guys just hang on for Coop on that one. Let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Looks like DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss the rest of the regular season. Now, uh, not the postseason. It looks like he could be back for the postseason. So if you're picking Arizona, you know, to to win the Super Bowl, you, you know, Hop could still be involved. Nook could still be there. But it looks like he is going to miss the rest of the regular season. So when you look at people who've done well without Hopkins around, Christian Kirk, AJ Green looked really good last week, and we're going to ask Coop a little bit about his feelings for Zach Ertz, but you might want to bump up those other pass catchers there, and certainly if you're filling out your bench for the playoffs, if any of those guys are available, you're going to want to grab them. AJ Green, Christian Kirk for sure, maybe even Rondell Moore, who's someone that can be used in a versatile way. Sam Darnold has been designated to return. Does he? Does he, Eddie? Do they go back to Sammy D? I mean, at this point, uh, they're out of the playoff hunt. Can't get worse. Yeah, exactly. It can't get worse. It's the situation where it's like, we'll see him one last shot. I mean, if Darnold basically has to play well if he gets a shot here to save his career as maybe even being a starter, but probably not, but to even be a backup in this league because obviously things went pretty sour for him. So I think maybe get some uh, good football out of Sam. Who knows? More news. Michael Carter is back on Sunday. That's good news for those of you who are in, you know, running back hell. Um, most of us are. So Michael Carter, Carter is coming back if you've been hanging on to him for a while, waiting for his return. Jalen Hurts is trending upward, but right now s- snaps are being split between he and Baker Mayfield. Certainly hope that Jalen Hurts comes back. I need him for my Scott Fishbowl team. I had a bye last week. I need him to be healthy. I need him to be awesome this week. So I can advance another round and, uh, I need the Jalen Hurts. It's good fantasy Jalen Hurts. I don't want to be a good actual quarterback Jalen Hurts because, well, I'm a Cowboys fan. So I just need fantasy Jalen Hurts, please. Um, 
Josh Allen's still limited. He has a sprained foot. Uh, a lot of question marks around that. Uh, Lamar may be out this week. Uh, Tyler Huntley's ready to go uh, if he needs to. He was pretty good filling in. I think that team can be, you know, successful with Tyler Huntley if they need to be. But luckily, Lamar is suffering a low ankle sprain, which is less serious than Jalen Hurts' high ankle sprain. So that that's better news. Um, so there you go. Oh, but the Ravens did sign Josh Johnson from the Jets practice squad. So that does say maybe Lamar isn't starting this weekend to me. They want to get some backups. Maybe it's more serious than they're letting them. Okay, everybody. We'll be right back after this quick break. All right. Without further ado, I want to bring on my friend, my pal, Andrew Cooper to join us to talk a little playoffs, a little tight ends. Coop, uh, state your name and state the, your team name with the best record. What's up, guys? Andrew Cooper here. Thanks for having me in the uh, in the middle of this sandwich here between Jen and Spaghetti. It's a, it's a beautiful spot. Uh, my So my best team, and this is kind of embarrassing, actually, because this is my hometown league, and I didn't actually want to play when I first started playing fantasy. I was like, you know... Um, just put me in there, make me an account. So my buddy made an account for me and he made my team name, the wild thornberries. This was like 2001, like some Nickelodeon show. I did really well that year. So I kept the team name. I've kept it this whole time and I'm, I'm in the playoffs, you know, I'm, I'm moving forward. So Andrew Cooper and the wild thornberries, here we go. So I mean, that, it's how's that? I think you don't change it. I know that you were the storm yeah. coopers in one of the leagues we play. That's a good one. That was the, uh, I think that, that was because it was a star Wars themed uh, year there, but yeah, I did not do so good there. We did. Oh, we wow. were, yeah, we were, we were a uh, pretty lousy storm. That's, <laughs> you know what? I have three leagues like that. I have three leagues that were so bad. Like all my other leagues were really good. Like I have buys and all this stuff. And then I had three leagues that were just the worst fantasy football team anyone could have possibly drafted. And I just keep telling myself, that's when you were trying things out, Jen. That's when you were just experimenting, right? That's, that's what happened there. Um, yeah. yeah. I, the sad, the sad part good. is when you do that, like, so then you start and you draft your leagues all serious and then you get to the end and you're like, you know what? I'll take some guys I that, that I, that. That I yeah. haven't been taking. And then those are the good teams. Like that's yeah. when it's sad when you're like, yeah. well, I'm not going to take him again because I have too much of him. And you win because, it, you know, the guy that right. that guy was like Cortland Sutton that you did. Totally. I will say that th- the two or three teams that I didn't, I think it's three that I didn't go to the the playoffs in um, are the teams that I did things outside of my normal drafting. So that, that actually made me feel okay. But mm. yeah, you're right. It, it still sucks to be like bottom whatever. And you're like, whatever. Okay. Just letting it go. Um, speaking of that, uh, there were a lot of people that were pretty upset about a Tyler Higby false positive on Monday night. And that's something that's not that easy to write off, but if people don't know you for your work, uh, they need to know right now that you are absolutely definitively the tight end whisperer. And what I want to go into right now is first of all, your tweet about Tyler Higby, which was pretty awesome. And second, how you do what you do with tight ends, what you look for. And then, and then we'll go on. We'll ask about rest of season ranks. Who's good for this week. And then we'll talk some playoff strategy and guys buckle in. Cause this is going to be an awesome podcast. So here we go. Yeah, All right. For, sh- for sure. On the tight end. So first with the Tyler Higby thing is that, um, you know, he just fits a lot of the categories that I, I don't like for a tight end season long, especially. So, you know, uh, and this week he was going against the number one tight end defense. So I already was telling people like, you don't want to start him against Isaiah Simmons. Like it boils right. down to matchups sometimes. So, 
you know, I sent that tweet yesterday because I thought it was funny. And the, the part that is, of course, crazy about fantasy football is now with Odell out and, um, you know, no Robert Woods and they're going against Seattle. That's right. This week, I, you know, I'm Tyler, I kind of come around on Tyler Higby a little bit. You know what I mean? I, it's not going to stop me from sending tweets, making fun of him because that's my favorite part of fantasy football. <laughs> right. Of course, but that's like me and um, Baker Mayfield. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you got to You got to get the jabs yeah. in when you can. But, yeah. you know, and that's really what it boils down to for for tight end is that there's two parts of it. Right. There's before the season starts where that's all just like really nerdy, like statistical stuff, because there's no football yet. Right. So it's like we have to go in and look at historical trends and look at these things and figure out what guys going to be good. And then there's the part now that, uh, you know, that we're doing where you have to look at the matchups. You have to look at what's going on with these teams. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to take up too much of everyone's time on this, but I will give everyone for the, um, the preseason part the kind of the cheat code to what you're doing is basically this. You look at the historical trends and there's, uh, you know, there's essentially two paths to being a top five tight end, right? And in most of our leagues, it's 10 or 12 men leagues. I mean, Jen, Eddie, most of your leagues are 10 or 12, maybe a few that are crazy at 14, 16, but that's the case. Yeah. yeah. Right. Most so, yeah. So if you're in a 10 or 12 man league that starts one tight end, if your tight end is not top five or six, then you have a below average tight end. Like that's just math right there, you know? So for me, I went back, I looked at all the top five tight ends, pretty much going back as far, uh, you know, as far as 10 years, right? And once you get out of 10 years, now you're not even in current trends about what the league is like. The league right. was different then, you know? So, right. uh, you know, when I'm looking at that, uh, basically you have two paths. You have 90 plus targets or 10 plus touchdowns. Right. Every one of those guys, the vast, you know, some of them get both, you know, Travis Kelsey usually has both. Uh, but, you know, the vast majority of them are getting there via targets. Every once in a while, you get a Robert Tunyon that gets 10 or you get a uh, this year. Dawson Knox is looking like he might be able to sneak into top five with double digit touchdowns. Right. But for the most part, it's it's targets. So we're looking for guys that can get targets, we're looking for guys that can be focal points of their team. And when you look at guys that get 90 plus targets or 100 targets, very rare that three guys on the same team can do it. So, you know, it boils down to looking for guys that can be top two targets on their team, focal points on their team and go through the last few years. Those are the guys, it's the Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey leading the team. So in the off season, you really got to just sit there and, you know, if you just use your gut and think about it, like who is actually a focal point of the team and who is where for me, a guy like Tyler Higby, no matter what happens, I mean, there's still always going to be a Cooper Cup or a Robert Woods or, or they'll go out and get Odell or okay. Van Jefferson, right? It's like, so for me, like, that's the thing for, for a guy like that is that at this point in time, he's 28 years old, you know, they're not going to run the offense through him like Travis Kelsey, which is why I always said, that's why I said the other day, you had all season to get a tight end that wasn't Tyler Hapey. So that was that was the tweet, by the way, guys, which is yeah. one of my favorites. I read all year. <laughs> yeah. So that's it for, for the off season. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I don't know if you guys have different philosophies on that, but in the off season that if I had to give somebody the, the stump speech, the cheat code, think about who can truly be a focal point of the team. And, you know, now you look back on it and you're like, why did I draft? Well, you know, CJ Uzoma, he was never going to be that. Guy. And when you say that, it just sounds so simple, right? Oh, well, duh, obviously, but but it isn't when you get there, like people don't just simply look at it just that simply. And sometimes I think there's a real difference between something being simple and something being easy. And, and that's what this actually is simple, but sometimes it's not that easy to make these decisions when you're doing the draft and figure out how you, how you want to address this, but it really is pretty simple. And if you have to pick 
between someone with targets or someone with touchdowns, I, I would lean towards the targets because I feel like that's something that's more easily repeatable than red zone targets. Cause those can change a lot. And you know, unless you're Adam Thielen, in which case, obviously you're always going to be the touchdown King. Like there's no question, but did you expect, for instance, Robert Tanya? Now, of course it's a little different, you know, cause there isn't a clear number two in green Bay, like Adam, you know, Aaron Rodgers changes his mind every time he washes his socks, who it is besides Devonte Adams. But, um, you know, Tanya was again, like you said, more of a touchdown guy. Would you feel, was that enough to make you feel like he was a top 10 pick? No. So it wasn't for me. And the reason is like, I need to have a clear trend that, you know, like for instance, Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews for over the course of the last three years, no one's got more red zone or end zone targets than him. Right. Uh, Meanwhile, he's also maintaining these high target shares. I mean, I think the least number of targets he got was uh, the season he got 88 there and he, uh, he missed a game with, with COVID. He missed maybe two games with COVID that year. So, I mean, uh, you know, that, that's the type of guy that I will lean into. The thing about Robert Tunyon that people forget, and the funny part is the people that had Robert Tunyon in their leagues, remember, is that he had all these touchdowns all year, but the, he was getting very few targets. And then championship week, what happens? He gets one catch and it's not a touchdown and you probably lose your matchup. Right. So that's why coming into this year, there wasn't that much Tunyon hype because the people that actually had Tunyon remembered the sad right. part, you know what yeah. I mean? Versus the people that, you know, uh, were just looking at it. Oh, and said, Oh, he was a tight end four last year. He'll be the tight end six this year. Probably, you know, it's like, they weren't looking at it from the right, from the right angle, from the right, through the right lens, you know, now, so one of my favorite things that you started this year was your tight end yin and yang. <laughs> which was a really cool way of looking at it because I've always said, you know, there's basically two ways to draft your tight end. Either you go in early with a plan that you're going to get a Kelsey, that you're going to get a Mark Andrews, that you're going to get a George Kittle and you're willing to take them in the early part of the draft. And you're going to say, I'm going to have a, you know, positional advantage at the tight end. That's going to make it worth it. Or you're going to kind of wait and you're going to take a little bit of a risk. And maybe you're going to take a couple of dart throws and hope one of them pays off, assuming that these trends one of the guys that I was taking late in every single draft this year was Zach Ertz because I felt like that one could pay off for me. Um, and I only did that though in leagues where I didn't take a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey, someone like that. And that ended up working out, but you had, you figured out a way to put it in this excellent, easily readable way, the yin and yang of the tight end. So these are your safe tight ends. Uh, these are your high upside tight ends, et cetera. And in addition to that, you have provided us each week with your weekly tight end ranking. So will you just tell us a little bit about the yin and yang process and then also who you like for this week, week 15, the first week of the playoffs? Absolutely. Yeah. So the yin yang of that really spawned from kind of honestly out of anger for the way the community (laughs) had gone with this whole notion that you couldn't possibly roster two quarterbacks or two tight ends at the same time. Like it, it turned into this like dirty thing where people were like, Oh, you know, I, you, you can never carry too many, two tight ends or, or three tight ends because you have to always have all these running back stash and wide receiver stash and tight end stock or whatever. And I was like, look, that's what your bench spots are for. If you're going to start the draft drafting four running backs and four wide receivers and a quarterback, you can use the bench spots to hold, have a couple tight ends. Right. So the way the yin yang came out is that, your yin tight end is a safe player that in the beginning of the year, at the very least, or at any given time, you're comfortable putting in there that won't give you a zero. Nice floor. The, right. Nice floor. Right. But not that great a ceiling. So this is where, you know, the Tyler Higbee's of the world come in. You know what I mean? It's like 
you think about some of these guys that have multiple targets on the team, even, even a Dawson Knox, like, you know, that he could get four five, six targets, but could you really see him just going out and getting 15 targets in a random game? You know what I mean? Or 12 even, or, you know, ten pass catchers. right. So it's like, uh, you know, uh, so you have one of those guys on the team to start, but in your back pocket, you want to keep these risky guys that you couldn't start week one. You wouldn't dream of it. Right. But they have some path to being these crazy breakout guys like Logan Thomas, for instance. I mean, the first year I did it, it was Darren Waller and Mark Andrews. And people forget that, like, not in your not a million years were you starting Darren Waller week one. He was just an idea. Right. Like he he, the only reason that Darren Waller was anything at all was because Antonio Brown, you know, froze his feet off and called the GM a cracker. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't even part of it, you know? So it's like, same with like Mark Andrews, like you weren't just going to start him, but you wanted to have, that's why you have to roster too. Anybody that wasn't drafting two tight ends wasn't getting these breakout guys because, you know, I guess maybe if you got them off waivers, but that's the idea is that we're going to take our, we're going to get somebody safe and then take our best shot on the upside. And then you just keep rotating the upside guys in the bench spot. So that, that's how that, that process works. And it served me well throughout the years. I always end up with at least somebody, you know, so. For this week, who are your top tight ends to start? I mean, so basically the yin yang tight end goes all year for me where I have the top tier of guys that I call the standalone guys. You don't need to roster two, right? So if you have Kelsey Kittle, Wall, uh, not Waller right now, but Kelsey Kittle, Andrews, um, and now Rob Gronkowski. Like, you don't need to worry about anybody else. You're just starting those guys. You know what I mean? After that, at the end of the year, it's all, it gets so deep into not only matchups, but something you guys were talking about earlier, which is all these COVID guys out, right? Or, or all these injuries. So the focal points do shift, right? Like, you look at Tyler Conklin, the focal point, he did not become a focal point just because Thielen was out. You know what I mean? Like he was coming out of the game. He no tight end in the league is blocked on more pass plays than Tyler Conklin is. It, it, that one it was one that that essentially wasn't going to happen. But a guy like Logan Logan Thomas last year, when everyone got injured, he did become a focal point. So we're seeing it now with guys like Zach Ertz, right? Like, doesn't he feel like he's an important part of that team? Right? He does, and now with DeAndre Hopkins potentially missing the rest of the season, it feels like Zach Ertz could be a beneficiary. Am I right on this? Oh, big time. Not only is he, not only is a beneficiary, right? Like he got seven targets last week. Two of them were, uh, two of them were red zone targets or end zone targets in the end zone. One was in, one was tipped and intercepted. The other one, he caught it just on the one yard line coming out of the end zone. Right. And then he had another red zone one that got intercepted. So, and not only that, but his schedule is the Detroit lions, Indianapolis Colts, which the Colts are one of the the worst teams in the league. That's, you know, even Dawson Knox had 100 yards against them, and that was his only 100-yard game. And then he's got the Dallas Cowboys, which, you know, Cowboys are still middle of the pack. And, uh, you know, even you'll admit that these games can, you know, especially in the NFC East, they can can go either way. You know, they could be 10-12, or they could be like 45 to 48, you know. So uh, I think that's, you know, Ertz is a perfect one for the end of the season. The rest, after that group, I'm mixing and matching. You know what I mean? Like, I love Dawson Knox at this point. He's great. But do I want to start Dawson Knox against the New England Patriots week 15? Like, that team hasn't let up 100 yards to a tight end since 2018. You know what I mean? Travis Kelsey's never had 100 yards against them in his career. It's it's like a low ceiling proposition where if I can sneak somebody in there, you know, like Ertz, for instance. Like, if I have Ertz and Knox, maybe I start Knox this week, but then week 15 – Ertz against Indy, Knox against the Patriots. Got to go Ertz, right? So uh, mix and match for me. 
And I mean, the fact is like, we just had a treat from, uh, sorry, a tweet from NFL, Dr. Alan Sills, you know, a very large percentage of these cases have no symptoms, right? They're just testing like Baker Mayfield feels totally fine, but he talks about the changing face of COVID, which is now this new Omicron variant. And that is a, a variant that is more contagious uh, and also more mild. And if, if you know a lot about virology, you know, this is a normal iteration of what happens to a virus. They change, they mutate. And as they mutate, because viruses try to stay alive so they can grow, so they can pass on their genetics, um, they become more contagious, but less deadly because they have to have hosts, right? So this is what's happening. And it's still something to be aware of. And we, uh, we're going to see this spread and spread and spread. And I don't know how we're going to avoid getting more and more people on the COVID list. You have to have so much depth here. And so I'm like shaking the table. You have to have, you have, to have so much depth. Pounding the table. Guys, please buy an insurance policy and not a lotto ticket. Um, but really, if you want to survive, that's what you have to do. So I'm looking at all these tight ends and I'm like, I don't usually handcuff my quarterbacks. I don't usually handcuff my tight ends. But going into the playoffs, I would. And I would like triple do it right now during this COVID outbreak. What if you end up without Justin Herbert? That's a problem. Go get Tua right now. And maybe it's Tua that ends up on the COVID list. I don't know. But you have to have backups. Ricky Seals-Jones to me. I know he only played 41% of the snaps on Monday. But he's matching up with the Philadelphia Eagles twice. And the Philadelphia Eagles allowed Ryan Griffin a touchdown two weeks ago. So I'm like 11 touchdowns, I believe, on the season to opposing tight ends. Uh, just very, very generous do you think that 41% snap rate was more about him being eased back in from injury? And should we, we trust him? Maybe he's a guy, he seems to be pretty available on waiver wires. Yeah. I mean, that's so as far as the yin yang goes, Yang is the high upside guy. Like he's the last great Yang for us. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if Ricky seals Jones. Cause I mean, if you look at it, Logan Thomas in the first three weeks, he played yeah. 100% of the snaps. And then Ricky seals Jones came in and played a 100%. Like if Ricky seals Jones came out this week and played 70%, I would have him easily in my top 10 tight ends, probably even higher. You know what I mean? But 41% makes me nervous. You know, it's like, yeah, he only, he only caught one of his targets and the hip, but so that's why for me, I have him in every league still, but mostly on my bench because I just can't, I can't trust him at this point. And like you were saying earlier, Jen, like you need to go not only, you know, get, 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 um, you know, stash backups and, and guys that you can actually start, but in your starting lineup, like when you're trying to pick your guys here, like you don't, you don't want guys that are just capable of every once in a while having one good game because you need guys that can have three good games in a row. If you have one Robert Tunyon game in there, you're toast, right? Like you can't throw Cortland Sutton in there because even if Sutton goes off this week, next week, he, if he has another game with two catches, you're, you're toast, you know? So it's like, now is where I'm, you know, unless I need an absolute Hail Mary, I probably have someone saved for the Ricky Seals Jones for this week. But I'm definitely picking him up because, you know, if my guy goes out with COVID and I need somebody, I'll, I'm happy to throw him in there. Or, right. you know, he gets the Cowboys and then he gets the Eagles again. Right. Like his schedule is amazing. So. Right. Uh, That's you know. my thought. Rest of season. I feel like he's a good bench stash because of all this COVID stuff. And I think you need to have them. I think you need to have them for every single position. I mean, you should probably all go get Darnus Johnson right now. Um, look, look how fantasy managers were rewarded last week if they had Josh Palmer or Jalen Guyton because 
Keenan Allen out. So I think that's the way we need to be thinking down the stretch because of this COVID outbreak. Uh, get get the guy. Uh, you're not just handcuffing running backs anymore, right? <laughs> like right. it's it's kind of like everybody. So get as much depth as you possibly can. Um, be as smart as you possibly can. You're probably doing that anyway, but I feel like at playoff time, so many people go nuts for you know, I have to get Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny is a really good pickup. Totally. But he could also get injured. Like, you know, just, he could stub his toe and be out. He's just a a bit injury prone. And yeah, he has a great week 17 matchup. I'd love to see him versus the Detroit Tigers, the Detroit Lions too. But in reality, like maybe your money is better spent backing up all your guys than picking up that one guy. Um, the, The Rashad Penny probably is my favorite pickup for this. Who's your favorite pickup for this week? It's Penny. Penny's the guy. Uh, I mean, if it's a wide receiver, I do like uh, KJ Osborne. I think, you know, he got a pretty good, pretty good target share there. And I mean, they threw it to Justin Jefferson 15 times. You can only throw it to a guy so many times. So many times. You know what I mean? Like you get this every time you get hit in this league, it is a car wreck. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, you know, Cooper Cup, I don't know how he's doing it. I mean, he's just been a beast all year, but I mean, there the ball has to go elsewhere. So I, I do like him. Um, and as far as, um, you know, planning things out, I'm going to actually link it under the pod here. But I, I did a chart that I send out every week with the matchups rest of season for, you know, the next three weeks for these tight ends. So you can take a look and mix and match. Right. So it's like if I'm out there, uh, you know, I in some of my leagues, I don't know how this is, even happens because I go on our podcast and on Twitter and tell everyone what I'm doing every week. But sometimes I go out there and just add like in one league, I added Hunter Henry and Ricky Seals Jones. And this week I'm starting Hunter Henry against the Indianapolis Colts. Perfect matchup for that guy. And then I have Ricky Seals Jones in my back pocket uh, for his good matchups. If it works, you know, these guys are out there. So I'm going to send a a chart right now on the, uh, it's on the link to this podcast. If you guys uh, are looking and you can, you can do it yourself, you know, don't just like you don't have to just pick up any guy that you think is okay. In case your guys get COVID, you can look at your guy's schedule on here and say, Oh, that's his worst week. And this guy has a really good matchup this week. Maybe I want to just start that guy outright, you know? So always be prepared. Like you're saying, because now, now is the time. It's so great. Listen, if you guys are watching this podcast right now, I know a lot of you are listening to it later. If you're watching it right now, hop over to our YouTube page, our Twitch page, or our Facebook page, and you can ask us questions and we will take them or, or just chat with us. Tell us like, um, I love you know, Ricky Seals Jones, and I'm going to start him for the rest of my life. And he's my best friend and I love him forever or whatever. Like we want to <laughs> exactly chat with that. you. So please do. And then sometimes we don't get the comments through Twitter. So if you're commenting on the video right now on Twitter and we're not seeing it, we're not ignoring you, um, jump over to YouTube and, um, we'll comment the place to go in the, the comments on this video you're watching right now too. Eddie, would you mind posting that YouTube or the Facebook Link as well again. Yeah, the Extra Points Pod uh, Twitter has it. Cousin Sal also retweeted it. So if you go there, you'll see the link for our Twitch, Facebook, and um, and YouTube page that you can log in and comment. And if you do comment through Twitter, I will be able to read it. Just can't post it uh, live on the video. Perfect. Eddie, um, let me ask you, who are your yeah. tight ends this year? Like, who are you going after Scott Fishbowl? I, I am so glad you just asked because I do. I just, I was telling Jen before, I'm not sure if you heard, I did make the playoffs, um, but I do have a yes. little tight end, not a fiasco here, but uh, every other position I have is locked in. There's no changes to be made except for tight end. Uh, I have uh, Hunter Henry I've been riding with mostly, but Tyler Conklin and Jared Cook are available. Is it time to make a switch to, to the other two? I know Conklin right now in my league has the most projected points for what, for what it's worth. 
Yeah. So I'm this week I'm starting Hunter Henry. Um, you know, Jared Cook got three end zone targets last week. He only caught one, but it's just if he couldn't really do it with Keenan Allen out, I'm just not sure when he's gonna, you know. So I like it of the of that crew. I would go start Hunter Henry this week and I would add Conklin just because like in theory, Conklin could could step into that feeling role, become the red zone guy, but they just didn't wanna they didn't want to do it last week, right? They just they he he blocked on a bunch of pass plays, which is his kind of biggest downfall, and he just didn't get open. And, and the key for that guy is that he's just not a particularly great versus man-to-man. You know, he has single-digit catches versus man-to-man. Uh, he is outside the top 40 tight ends in uh, routes run from the slot. Like, he doesn't create for himself. He's more of that Tunyon guy who's better off sneaking out, whereas Hunter Henry is, you know, he – I think he's tied for – uh, tied for either third or sixth in man-to-man receptions. Like he's that guy he's built that way where he can line up out wide and, and go get it done himself. So I just trust a guy like that more, even if, you know, the offense isn't built around throwing right now. Perfect. Well, locked in. All right. Boom. We, I'm just reading a report here, Eddie. Is this right? Um, Urban Meyer kicked Josh Lambeau in the offseason. Uh, oh, yeah. So there's some breaking news. We'll get to the YouTube question in just a second here. Uh, breaking news, sort of. Uh, it'll happen in August, I think the report said. But Josh Lambeau is working out for the team. Uh, Urban Meyer kicked him. He's uh, Lambeau rated the kick a 5 out of 10 in terms of hardness. Lambeau cursed at him, said, don't, you know, bleep and kick me. And uh, Urban's response was, I, I'm the head coach. I can kick whoever I want. So I think this Are is probably sure three strikes he's out. I want is that the word he used? Kick because that's yeah. not the word he used in the bar last week. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> if he <laughs> keeps the job after this, like I don't know. I, I just want to know who's playing Urban Meyer in the Urban Meyer movie. Unbelievable, dude! My oh goodness. wow, this guy's unbelievable. Um, all right, uh, sorry guys for that that's, little. That's the most work. absurd Jaguars coach <laughs> story since um, since that time. The coach, uh, I forget. I think it was Jack Del Real brought in that axe and the stump. Do you guys remember that one? I do. Yeah. I've, I've seen, I think uh, Dan Schick made the, the, the uh, comparison to that. I mean, I, I, I don't did. think, I don't think Herb is going to, he, it's just three strikes. He's out. There's no way he's, he's, he's keeping his job past this weekend. He can't, man. Yeah. Jen, that one, the Jack Del Rio had this like motto, like keep on chopping or something. And he brought in a, a, a big stump with an axe and just let the guys like take hacks out of it. And the punter just totally whiffed on the on the thing and buried it into his leg and had to go in IR. So like <laughs> yeah. I mean oh but at God. least at least he wasn't at least Del Real wasn't the one that hit the guy. Like he's not actually like kicking people, you know? Right. Somebody needs to talk Mike McCarthy out of smashing watermelons because you just never know what could go wrong. This That's is next. Just, it's dangerous. Um okay we got a question from YouTube. Hey Britt, what's up? Are we worried about John Bates taking away some of the targets from Ricky Seals Jones? That is a great question. Coop, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, so in in that instance, I'm not as worried about the targets because for me, um, you know, it's it's a matter of the best the best pass catchers are going to get the targets, right? Like Terry McLaurin's going to get the targets. For me, it's a matter of the snaps because these guys are doing the same job. They're doing the same thing. And it's not like like, for instance, you have some teams like a the Dolphins, right, where Durham Smythe is the inline tight end and Mike Gusecki pretty much plays slot wide receiver. They're on the field at the same time, and you're not worried about Durham Smythe taking those targets, right? So for me, if John Bates and Ricky Seals-Jones are on the field at the same time, 
well, John Bates is the guy that's going to be blocking and playing in line and Durham Smite. I mean, and Ricky Seals Jones is the guy that's going to be the pass catcher. For me, what I'm worried about is that Ricky Seals Jones isn't healthy enough to play and they're just splitting the job entirely. So, uh, you know, in a way it's more about, it's, it's all about Ricky Seals Jones health, health. Me, you know? So, uh, right. I, again, again about John Bates talent. Right. And I'm not, I'm not starting John Bates anywhere. Cause I mean, he just had an opportunity to play a ton of snaps, almost double what RSJ played. And I mean, he had what two targets, I think. And I think Ricky Seals Jones still had four. So, you know, John Bates, you know, he, I just, he just needs to, to go away really. Plus he sounds like he's like, you know, starring in an Alfred Hitchcock movie. So I just can't have him on my team. It's a little too, a little too creepy for me. Um, all right. I've got a question from another listener. Um, Goddard or Conklin in PPR this week? I mean, I'm starting, I'm starting Dallas Goddard. I mean, it's, you would love if, if Minshew was there. I mean, he looked great with Minshew. There's no denying it. Jalen Hurts is just a different type of player. When you're a mobile quarterback like that, you're, you become hesitant to dump the ball down. Right. Um, But at least Goddard runs some decent eight out routes. So it's, it's not all just dump passes. Um, And again, I just explained why Tyler Conklin to me, it's just not, he's just such a low upside proposition because of the way that he plays. Like, unlike Goddard, who's running real routes, like Goddard catches posts, he catches fades. Tyler Conklin's average depth of target, target is five yards, right? Like he has just as many catches versus man-to-man as he does screen, screen passes that he's gotten. So he's just, you know, if it's just not a guy that I'm super amped on, you know, so... But yeah, got it for me. Definitely. Um, let me ask you, well, before we take one more question, I just want to ask if you have any playoff advice down the stretch that we haven't covered that we should give our listeners. Any tidbits? I the biggest thing for me is is just don't don't get cute. Don't get too cute with the way you're setting your lineups totally. and starting your team. Totally agree. It's just such a you know what it is too. And this fantasy football is fun. And you're trying to, you're trying to win. Like the worst thing is when you do that and you lose because of it. And you think to yourself, like, why did I, why did I do that? Why did I do try this crazy thing? Because it's the payoff is winning, right? Like you're never, it's never like, Oh, I won. And I started, you know, um, Josh Reynolds, just cause I had a hunch, you know, it's all, it's always just about winning. So don't do the crazy play, go with the, the smart play, right? So just play it the way you've played it all year, play it smart. Don't For the do, most part, that means dance with the one who brought you. That's right. what you got to like do. Going, trying, to, trying to pull up the Browns depth chart and find out who is after Donovan Peoples-Jones and say, right. okay, you know, Anthony Schwartz, this is his week with Jeff Sandria. It's like, that's where you get yourself in trouble. And then afterwards, yeah. you're like, oh, why not do that? Like, do you really need to do that? Go sign up for a GPP or uh, watch the DFS video I'll put out Friday morning for extra points, which, by the way, if you guys watched it, we did have the Russell Wilson stack with Rashad Penny, made a lot of money last weekend. So uh, we'll have another one out Friday morning. Don't forget, even though we talk about fantasy football on the pod, we do address DFS and we'll be doing more and more and more of that as the season goes along, as the playoffs roll along. And uh, eventually we're going to still have football and no fantasy football. So we got to have some fun. So we'll do some DFS. We'll do some player props. So check out for that. Check for that video on Friday morning. Uh, a couple more questions while you're here. Coop, if you don't mind just hanging out. Yeah, I'm down. Um, I I was, I'm done, always down to hang with you, Jen. Fantasy perfect. So family, we're just right? going to keep you. I mean, you guys you guys that are listening had no idea tight ends were this riveting, did you? I'm sure you – this is why I didn't tell you it was a tight end episode. I thought you wouldn't tune in. But this is this good stuff. 
Um, we have a question coming in on Twitter. It looks like. Yep. Yeah, we have a question here uh, from our my Giants pal uh, J.K. Robbie sixty four uh, asking about a defense question. Uh, as a first round buy, has the Eagles and Dolphins defense for week sixteen and seventeen? Uh, am I safe with them? First round buy, Eagles and Dolphins defense. Um, I like what things. I like the Dolphins this week. You know what I mean? I think they got the Jets this week. Uh, so I mean you're not going to really want to start the dolphins against the Titans, but uh, I like dolphin saints. I mean, Jen, what do you think? I mean, uh, I'm trying to think I was thinking Eagles, that, Eagles got the Cowboys in, in there. And don't then they that. Go, yeah, no, neither do I. Um, let's see what the schedule is. I think green Bay is a defense that has good matchups down the stretch. If you can get them, I'm trying to remember. I wish yeah. I, had defenses better off the top of my head. Yeah. So the, yeah. So actually, no, so the, they don't get the Cowboys till the end. So they go as Washington giants, Washington, and then the dolphins go jets, saints, Titans. So, well, actually that's not bad. I think you could make that work between the two. Right. I mean, the way I'm looking at it is that if you have the Eagles, right, you're definitely starting them against the giants. Definitely. And then the, the dolphins, are going against the Titans the following week. So you're probably not going to start them there. I would try and potentially drop the dolphins for somebody who might have a better matchup that championship week. Just give yourself a second option. If, you know, say you don't like the Eagles Washington, that championship week, you're not going to want to like, no one's going to be starting the dolphins in that week. So maybe see, uh, see what else is out there. See if you can, you know, swap the, swap the uh, dolphins for somebody, but giants, I mean, Eagles, I don't mind, especially against the giants. Yeah, especially versus the Giants, who are going to be starting God knows who. And I'm sorry, Eddie. I feel like we just trash the Giants every week. But it's fine. Tr- trash yeah. the more trash. Fingers crossed. There's more changes from the top down, and uh, they do the right <laughs> thing come draft time. Whether that's package those picks or I guess select like the right player. So please keep keep the trashing coming. Eddie, Eddie <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a yeah. uh, a tight end question here. I mean, sure. I, I so I've been known as something. I try to be unbiased. I really, I truly do. But I've been uh, the one guy that I've been a oh, truth on, and then I've been, uh, yeah, I think you know who, who I know where we're going here. Is that uh, <laughs> I, I can't give up on Evan Ingram in dynasty leagues. I think that, you know, he's got, I think we all know that he's a very athletic player. But uh, what do you think? Do you want to see him back? Do you want to see him? go somewhere else and succeed? Do you want to see him go somewhere else and fail? I mean, like, what are your thoughts on this player? Uh, it, it is a weird one for me too, because I, I did meet Evan Ingram early on in his career when I used to work at the NFL. He came in, great guy. Um, and that was back when I felt good about the Giants. It was a few years ago, and I, I bought into them, and they were still clearly bad. He, he like, at, if he was his best all the time, he would be a tight end. He would be not the level of, like, the, you know, the Kelseys, the Kittles, the Wallers. He would be in that next tier I think at his best, but it's never his best. And I think after a certain amount of time, you know, we see this league go through quarterbacks so quickly. And, and actually, a guy in his team like Daniel Jones probably is given more chances than he deserves uh, for whatever reasons. But for like for the reason, like why is why because he plays tight end does he deserve more chances? Like we've seen all the drops, we've seen all the fumbles, and you know, and, and it's unfair. Like how many tip balls near became interception and people slammed Daniel Jones? It's like, well, no, it's Evan Ingram's fault. Literally costing us uh, a shot at the playoffs you know, with the Eagles game last season. So uh, at this point, his blocking isn't good enough. He's not fast enough to become kind of a gadget player. Uh, I think he'll go somewhere else as like a, probably a tight end too. I'll have a couple okay games, but he'll, fa- he'll phase himself out of the league just because of his inconsistent play. 
Yeah. I, so I Eddie think just that, gave you the let it go. Right. Let I, it go. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, like he's he's just he, he's built more like Demarius Thomas than he is like a tight end. So he needs to go somewhere that that uses that has like a has like a like a Mike Gusecki. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he needs to play that role because he's just, you know, Jason Garrett had him playing inline tight end. And then, you know, clearly the fans have lost faith in him. Like uh, the drops at the least opportune yeah. times. I just want to see, I want to see him get an opportunity with, you know, uh, probably not coming back, but I got like Chan Gailey that would use a big slot tight guy. You know what I mean? Like a, you know, he would use. Oh. Well, what, what's funny too is, is, I think what the Giants did this year by bringing in Kyle Rudolph, a guy who's a more well-rounded tight end, um, uh, uh, their idea was good. I don't think it really was executed because obviously Kyle Rudolph's, you know, a little bit older now in the beginning of his career and the Giants offensive line, the Giants offense in general is not great. So that's like, I think they're trying to go for that older, uh, like the Patriots model back in the day when they had Gronk and another tight end. But uh, I I think for, for uh, Ingram to be the second option and to have not maybe the top, defensive guys cover him and then he'll get open in space and then he looks really good because he is a, a mismatch but uh him being the primary guy i don't think it'll ever work out for his career agreed i think that's been the biggest problem for him is that it's just you know he's he's if you put a real corner on him then he's in trouble sure you know? he needs to be in that spot where they say oh man you know there's two guys on the outside and you know we we can't we can't allocate these resources. I think Zach Ertz benefits from that. You know, I think again a lot of these guys that uh, that can sneak out, like you know, Mike Gusecki's there too. Like if they didn't have uh, Parker or Waddle on the outside, and Gusecki was the number one pass catcher there, I don't think he's a strong enough pass catcher either to just go out and be Devonte Adams or or Justin Jefferson that can right. do it no matter who's on you. You know, so I, I agree with that. I got more questions. You ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For your flex this week, would you put in DJ Moore or Brandon Ayuk? Both of them scare the hell out of Drew, who asked this question. I mean, Drew, you have a right to be scared, man. Um, yeah. This would be easier if Ayuk was still in the doghouse, but now he's kind of back right. in the mix. But for me, I'm still going with DJ Moore. I mean, this goes back to that notion I was talking about where you talk about the focal points and you talk about the rarity of three players all being featured equally, you know, with evenly distributed targets. Like we know Kittle is Kittle. We know Debo is Debo. And Ayuk is clearly the odd man out there. Like with the Panthers, no CMC, Robbie Anderson doing whatever the heck he's been doing this year. DJ Moore is still the best player there. I, I think he's the most consistent. So for me, I'm going more. I don't know, Jen, if you have a different direction on this one. It's a really, really hard one for me, I have to say, because uh, Buffalo is a tough matchup. And we don't really know who's even starting for Carolina. Like maybe it's Cam Newton for half of it. For God's sakes, it could be Sam Darnold. Like we just don't know. Um, and Brandon Ayuk has emerged as the number one pass catcher. And the matchup is really, really soft this week. Uh, San Francisco is versus Atlanta. So, I, you know, first of all, I want to say, I hope this is a flex decision. It must be right. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. So then you're in good shape because if you have two receivers that are definitely, definitely better than DJ Moore and Brandon Ayuk, I might lean. I might lean Ayuk. This is a tough one. It's a really tough one. I have DJ Moore and I want it to be DJ Moore because I need him my big money this week, uh, league this week. But I might go Ayuk. So sorry, we didn't help you. We just confused you some yeah, more. Yeah, we did. I mean, the thing is, the no trade white, right? So I mean, DJ Moore, he's going to get the second best guy as opposed to you know getting kind of a shutdown situation. So I don't know if 
that's necessarily the end of the world, but you're right. I mean, the quarterback situation's a mess. It's a mess. Um, and I don't really trust any of their quarterbacks. But but that being said, with it being a mess, DJ Moore continues to be targeted no matter who is throwing the ball. And that's one of the best things about DJ Moore and why I almost always take his over on the receiving props, as even recently, even with the switch to Cam Newton, and it always hits. So you want to hear my advice for start sits? And this is childish, I will say, but this is what I do. If it's dead even for me, right? And I have no, I really can't decide either way. I take a coin, right? And I say, DJ Moore is heads and Brandon Ayuk is tails, right? And when I flip that coin in the air, I find myself rooting it for, for it to land on heads or tails. And I just start that guy. No matter That's awesome. Who. That you know is I mean? fantastic. Like in your mind, subconsciously, you have a choice. Once that coin is in the air, I swear to God, you're going to be like, I hope it lands on heads so I can start DJ Moore. This like, could just, be the best piece of fantasy football advice I've it, ever gotten. It's real. I mean, it's, it's deep. It's deep. And if, if by the time the coin hits the ground, you haven't, your heart doesn't tell you. I feel like I have to contact Deepak Chopra and you're going to be in the next version of the secret <laughs> movie or something. Cause that was, that was really yeah. good. Um, all right. Let me ask you this. Hill Tua or, Tua or Burrow this week. Tua or Burrow? Hill. Taysom Hill. Okay. Tua or Joe Burrow. Do we know if this is a six point or four point passing lead? I'm going to assume it's four point passing touchdown. Dude, I mean, I hate, I just, I have a general disdain for what, for what Taysom Hill does to the Me offense. Me too, but I think the right answer. <laughs> I think it's the right answer. I know. Like I, I just, yeah, we have to separate those type things where I just don't like what he does to Alvin Kamara. I don't like he, what he does to the possibility of pass catchers or 300, 400 yard games. Like I prefer big explosive offenses, but you know, I mean, two rushing touchdowns. I mean, he does have a nose for the end zone. There's no question, right? And Taysom Hill had a four interception game versus Dallas and still finished with like 25 fantasy points. Yeah. Four interceptions and finished with 25 fantasy points. That's it's what you're disgusting. hoping that, uh, that's what you're hoping Jalen Hurts does for you this week, right? Yes, I am. Please, or, please, yeah. Mr. Hurts. <laughs> please don't <Yeah>. hurt me. <laughs> um, should I drop Nick Folk or Matt Prater for Ernest Johnson? I just answer, I just feel like the answer is yes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know which one because I think Folk is probably the better kicker, but he has a couple home games left, I think, and there could always be weather issues there. Prater mm-hmm. might be in a better weather situation. I don't know. Do you do? You, I mean, we need to get Linda on here. <laughs> That's what I mean. Linda, yeah, Linda will have the answer for that. But I mean, yeah, um, tweet I mean, the, at at Linda Leons, L I N D A. It's L I N D E L. L I O N S, but yes. I'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll tag her in there. She's the kicker guru. She's got all the number. I've seen the spreadsheet she has and they're like ridiculous. I'm like, why do you have this guy's college kicker stats? Now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's just God like, bless her. shows his legs. I would never do it. Yeah. She's, got it. she's doing good. it. She's taking one for the team y'all. She's but taking I, one for the entire fantasy football team. She's doing all that work. We don't want to do. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like we, me and her, me and her, we, uh, we, you too. we do, yeah. we you do are, the dirty you, work with the tight ends and the kickers. Doing the dirty work. So you guys the can best of us are sitting the, around talking about, you know, quarterbacks and just hating on Baker Mayfield. We're taking the easy way out. Focus on the fun stuff though. That's right. Uh, um, but okay. I mean, she, I've, she knew that, um, she knew Evan McPherson was going to be good before you, you know, as a rookie. And she's got this other rookie kicker for you guys in dynasty leagues. I'm, I'm sharing a, a trade secret here. The Buccaneers have been, have been, um, they've been uh, protecting him on their practice squad. Jose Borigales is his name, but this guy apparently is like, you know, he's got the raw talent to be like 
a Justin Tucker level boot. It's just right now they trust the other guy better. You know, Don't but, let Urban Meyer anywhere near that kid. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm already stacking Jackson because I have Eckler. I also have Miles Sanders, Deontay Harris, Penny, Madison, and Ingram on IR. Is it better to stash to Ernest Johnson or Ronald Jones? This is from Nicole. And then, okay. And she said that she has Leonard Fournette. She does not have Fournette. I would go with, I would just go with a better player. I would go with Dernis Johnson. Me too. Personally. Yeah. Especially with this COVID outbreak, he may even come in handy this weekend. Okay. Right. Which one do I bench in a half point PPR league? Debo, Lockett, Waddle, or Lamb? Well, first of all, congratulations. Your team is a wagon. If those are the guys. <laughs> How are you not on buy is my question. Right. You should have made a trade like a couple weeks ago for like whoever you wanted, right? Two for one deal. But um, so for me, as crazy as it sounds, um, the Cowboys kind of reverted to last last week, at least what they had done last year, which was Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup every play and Lamb coming in to play slot in three wide receiver sets, but not being on the field in two wide receiver sets. That to me of that crew of very good pass catchers is the one thing where maybe I'm like, I don't know, you know, like we know, like I'm definitely like out of those guys, Jen, let me ask you who you would definitely start. Okay. If you had to pick one that you would definitely, I'm definitely starting Waddle. Okay. Waddle. I was going to say Waddle wouldn't even be in the question for me. So the other options are Lockett, Lamb and Debo. I mean, I'm definitely starting. How can you go away from Debo Samuel after? Yeah, I'll tell you why. I'm not saying you should go away from Debo. I would start Debo, but I'll tell you what's going around. What's going around now is that Debo just isn't getting targets and he's only going to maybe fall into the end zone a few times. And this is my rebuttal to that. Debo is going to be used however they need to use him to win the game. And that means Debo will always get you points, whether they're targeting him as a wide receiver, whether they're using him as a running back, because that's the situation they're in with Eli Mitchell. Debo is almost guaranteed to have some major role on the team every week. Now it might be different than what you're expecting, but he's going to get you points. And I know a lot of people are worried about what if he's just touchdown dependent, the guy was coming back from a groin injury. And he still played running back and found the end zone. So here's where I, so that's where I'm with Debo. Cause I see a lot of people out there saying like, Oh, I'm very concerned about Debo Samuel and his use. And maybe he's only worth something. If he scores a touchdown, it's a crock of, you know what? I'm very nice on this podcast. So don't use curse words. Join me after hours for that. Um, and uh, I, I think you start Debo and, and personally ooh, here, I'm moving things. I think the one that I might, I think I start lamb this week. I understand what you're saying. I'm coming out of the field, but this matchup versus the Giants is is just it's so it's so good, mm. so nice, and so I guess that I mean that and, and I think that it's going to be good for Lamb, and he's been really good lately. So I think it's probably Lockett because Russ is inconsistent, and it's the Rams, and the Rams dominate the Seahawks. Yeah, they do. I mean. And he didn't have a very good game against the Rams last time, even on 10 targets. It's hard. I don't know. You know? I don't know how you block it. Yeah, it's just right. Like if Lockett didn't have 142 yards last week, it would be a little easier. To but that was him. Houston. Yeah, that was Houston. Yeah, I think you're right. Like I think so. You're starting Debo and you're starting. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, with, with Debo, if they weren't handing him the ball, they'd be throwing him the ball. Mostly. Exactly. Like, they, That's they, what. That's the, that's what they're doing, you know, right. so he's they're getting like the ball to Debo. It doesn't matter how it, it, they even brought the guy back from injury and made sure they got him the ball. Right. 
you're talking about, we talked about the, that word earlier, focal point versus like ancillary pieces. This guy isn't just like a, some gimmick that they're using because it's like, oh yeah, let's just do one of those. He's the focal point of the offense. And they basically say, hey, you got to do this job because you're our best player and we don't have anybody that can do it. You know, right. so like uh, that's for me that that's enough to know that they're going through it. Like there's no situation where they just don't give him the ball. It's a matter of whether they're gonna, they want him to play running back or, or the, the other. So we're totally, um, you know, I'd add on that, by the way, just so you know, because we we try not to do our victory laps, but I'm probably going to have to do at least one. Uh, Antonio Gibson was definitely drafted too high. Coop agreed with me on that, too. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to revisit that at the end of the season. I got my nice breakout vid from extra points uh, from the Against All Odds podcast. So it's on right. record. Yeah. And uh, the, worst, the worst right now is the people that it's like you like where they victory lap these situations that only came about because of injury or different things. Yeah. It's like, dude, you were wrong. Right. Like JD McKissick was very good and he is very good. He just got hurt. So like he just got victory lapping it now is, is, you know, that's the stuff that bugs me. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll admit that sometimes it's happened where like a tight end I liked became good and I'll be like, you know what? We were wrong, you know, but we got lucky. Sometimes we're wrong. Actually a lot of times we're wrong. Sometimes we're wrong and we get lucky, but like (laughs) victory lap when you're right from the start, don't victory lap because you backdoored your way into you know, uh, Antonio Gibson being a three down back because the other back is hurt, you know, so right. that's where I'm at. Absolutely. Um, and again, Antonio Gibson, not good versus Dallas last week, but you know, that was just for me to enjoy. Um, so last question, ready? Think we got to think about this one, Andrew, because I went back and forth with this one. Uh, I'm on by this week. So I have lots of time to think about my keeper for next year. I have CMC and Zeke coming back. They're both becoming injury prone. Would you keep Javante over them? And then I asked him, I said, do you surrender a round pick? And his answer was, you surrender your first round pick. So you don't surrender the round where you drafted them. Because to me, it was an obvious answer that you keep Javante Williams because you probably only surrendered your fourth round pick. But now that you have to surrender your first round pick no matter what, I think it's a little bit murkier. It also turns out they there is no limit on how long you can keep a player, but they get to keep one. Who would you keep, CMC, Zeke, or Javante? Well, dude, so like every step of the way in that question changed my answer. Like when you were like, you have to keep a guy. And I was like, okay, well, obviously you keep the guy you drafted later. And then you're like, oh, there's no penalty. And I'm like, okay, well then if it's first round, you probably want to take CMC because no matter what, you know, even if, you know, even if it's Derrick Henry and uh, Jonathan Taylor going first, I mean, how far is CMC even going to slide? Take like, it. I know right now we think, okay, like, uh, you know, right now you're it's it's fresh in your mind. But I tell you, like, when next year, when training camp comes around and CMC looks awesome, we're all going to be back on CMC. It, it, every year we're back on Delvin Cook. He's never finished a season. Every year it comes around and we're like, yeah, that guy's good. You know, CMC is good. But And then you were like, oh, then you changed it again. And you were like, oh, well, you can keep the guy forever. And now it's like, well, Javante Williams is, he's like 22. How old is that guy? Yeah, he's young. And he, if Melvin Gordon leaves, even if he doesn't, he's going to have a big piece of that. And he's, he's healthy. He won. He's 21. 21. I think for me, like you have a better chance. I think of, a, who do you have a better chance of, of getting? Like, are all these guys going to be first round picks next year? We I don't think know Javante for sure. Javante Williams might be early second round. 
Well, that's the thing. So, so if you like, let's say you got to put in your keeper and then they pull the draft order. What if you put in your keeper and it's CMC and you pull like the 10th pick out of 10 and then you also get or Javante Williams, you know what I mean? Like you could get super lucky. You could get both, you know, it's like the odds of, I, it boils down to the, you know, the ability to get the next guy. I was thinking you pick one and then you draft one of the other ones with your next pick. Yeah. So, I mean, like I would go, I would go CMC and then I would take a, if you're concerned about age or whatever, then just whatever running back you take with your first pick, just go target a young guy, you know, you know, at least, you know, Zeke, at least Zeke and Javante are going back in the pool, you know, so. I think that's the way I would go too. Uh, and I, I know other people will be keeping in your league too. If you get one keeper, everyone's basically going to give up their first round pick. So it may also depend on where you're picking. So that may also, you know, like where is your pick, but um, thank you everyone for the questions. Um, thank you Coop for joining us. Um, final plug before we end, remember everyone go over to extrapoints.com slash arcade and play with us, make your picks for the games. We do have the Saturday games on the slate for this week. So make your picks a little early. Uh, we compete every week uh, the winner gets a golden hat this week's, uh, winner actually got 12, right? Which really makes me angry, Dan knock, because I had a really good week this week, but yours was still better. So I still didn't get a golden cap, but congratulations to you. Uh, Ryan Holcomb, who got seven, right on the prop quiz. Congratulations. You will also be getting a golden extra points hat. Everyone can play. It is free to enter. It is tons of fun and you can razz us online and we will take it all. It's tons and tons of fun uh, in the interim. Thank you so much to Andrew Cooper. You can find him and all of his work at fantasy alarm. And please, please give him a follow at coop a fiasco. You can rewatch this video. If you're listening to this on Apple or iTunes, you can find that video uh, as well on the extrapoints.com Twitter page and YouTube page. It's been awesome as always. Um, Eddie, are you nervous this week? Do you need any lineup help before we close this up? I mean, thank Andrew. Got it. Uh, the, the one tight end question, I feel uh, OK. I'm projected to win. So, I mean, look, the lineup's going to be set and uh, hopefully uh, the players do their job. So that, that's really all I could do. Before right, we Rob. go, I actually have a question for Eddie. One last one to settle a longstanding debate or at least just another tally in a longstanding debate between Jen and I going back to our fantasy alarm days. Eddie, are you pro or anti banana? So I have a weird answer. Uh, I eat a banana almost every day. Um, so I'm a banana fan. But the issue is that I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to them because every time I eat them, I get like a really weird mouth and throat tickle. And the way to like, I guess I just eat it with something else or like drink like water or something and it kind of goes away. But so, so the you answer love is- them, yet they try to kill you. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah. So you that might actually make you the the world's biggest banana fan that there is. Like that, it's just a simple fruit to eat. It's a, it's easy. You don't have to worry about washing it because you got the peel, like, you know, the it's cover on it. It's easy except that it's trying that's, to kill you. Bro, yeah. That's like yeah. that's like my girlfriend, like when we go, we go to my sister's house and she like picks up the cat and just like rubs it all over her face. And then she's like, why are my eyes itchy? I'm like, dude, cause you're allergic to cats and you've always yep. been, but she's like, I can't help it. So that's you with bananas. Then. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, right. no matter what, you know, it, some, it happens sometimes like it, it almost basically always happens, but I, I, have been good now. I've trained myself to like, I, I thought maybe if I eat enough of them, it'll kind of go away. But uh, yeah, I, I just make sure to always have like a drink or something else to eat with it, but pretty much daily, but I'm a daily banana consumer. Well, there okay, you have everyone, it. I'm going to sign off with a, a wish for you all and some advice. 
start your chargers, start your chiefs, sit your bananas. We'll be back with you next Wednesday, three or five o'clock PM Eastern standard time. Join us on waiver wired. Enjoy the football. Thank you.